Welcome to Grief and Guts. I'm your host, Melissa Dugalecki. It is my honor and privilege to serve you by sharing stories, tools, interviews, and strategies that will help you transition from what do I do now, how do I get through this, those feelings of overwhelm and uncertainty, to truly standing in your power. It is from my grief journey in losing my daughter Layden in 2014 that I learned, practiced, was exposed to all these tools, but they are not grief specific. In fact, they apply universally to all of our unique situations. You've already done the hard part by showing up, by opening up to something new. So without any further ado, let's get to the good stuff that's going to help you in your journey. Let's dive in. What up, friends and community? I am so fired up to share today's podcast episode with you. We are going behind the scenes of behind the scenes. We are interviewing a staff team member who actually started as a 90-day CEO client. But before that, I was working with her one-on-one life coaching and mindset. And she is going to share how she had transformed her pain and her trauma into something on her own, right? Doing the work. We talk about this all the time, right? Doing the work for herself to heal, to then feel more empowered to step into like, how do I want to impact now? What do I want to do? She knew she wanted to do something. She just wasn't sure what she wanted to do. And I know so many of you resonate with that because I've talked to you and you've said, I feel a calling. I feel something like there's this pull. I just don't know what I want to do. And so Dawn is sharing how she responded to that, and how it has completely changed her life. So much good stuff. Cannot wait to share. Tune in, dive in. Let's do it. Please join me in welcoming Don Canada onto the show, my very first former client to join here. So thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And why don't you let everyone know where you, know, where you live, what your, what your family, what your situation is. Yeah, so I live in um, the Atlanta area, Atlanta, Georgia. I am married to my husband, who amazing. Um, we have two amazing little boys. They are five and six years old. They keep life interesting. That's my family life. And then I have, I, I'm a life coach as well. And I work for Mel and um, nine, Mel and Mooch and 90 Day CEO and Move. So great. So before we dive into going deeper into you, your transformation, the work you've done, I got to ask, I ask everyone, (laughs) really self-serving because I'm just making a massive inventory list, but favorite taco? Fish taco. I love a good fish taco with good pico on it. Um, I don't have like a specific place because I feel like each place has their own fish taco that's unique to them, but that's my go-to. Fried or grilled, I have to know. If it's grilled, it has to be seasoned and prepared right. I prefer grilled, but there's nothing like a good fried fish taco. So I could do either. (laughs) All right. I love that. So great. So Dawn, one of the things that I think is so powerful, you know, anyone listening in would have heard that, you know, you're in the Atlanta area. So we're not, we've actually never met in person, which is still weird to me. (laughs) This is weird to me, but we've never met in person. I talk a lot about the power of connection, the power of putting yourself out there, the power of joining groups and masterminds and putting yourself in communities where you're going to level up the power of listening to podcasts, right? Like 
turn off the TV, like turn off the Netflix binges, like stop surrounding yourself with people who are, you know, draining you or thoughts and, and sounds that are draining you and really start connecting to places that just feel right. But we have to do that without knowing what it's going to look like because we don't know what it's going to turn out to be. And, and so, you know, a lot of people want to know what they're going to quote unquote get. And I think, you know, it's safe to say that you never would have imagined getting to where you are now um, when you kind of made the decision to connect and to expand. So can you talk a little bit about how you connected to me and what that was like for you? Yeah. So backstory, I think it was two years ago, you and Mooch joined, I guess it was a mastermind or like a, a mastermind group that my husband was a part of. And he just started following you guys. And two years later, he was like, Hey, I really think you should follow these girls. Like they're, they have this company called move. I really think you'd like them. Like they seem like your style, your vibe, like you should check them out. Okay, cool. Get on Instagram, start following move, start reading more. And then I realized there's Mooch and Mel who are in move. And so I go in both of your accounts and start just reading posts and, and instantly, well, I got in your handle and I was like, Oh, she has a podcast. Yes. Like I'm, I love listening to podcasts. That's like my jam. So I just started listening to your podcast and I was instantly attracted to your vulnerability. Like I really, that's something that is, it's one of my core values is being authentic, vulnerable, like having that trust and, and, and trust it's sharing what's truly going on, like what, who you are. And so just listening to your podcast, I was like, wow, this girl, like she is sharing like some raw, intimate pieces of her story that I've never experienced and not in a way that was victim. Like it wasn't, woe is me, you know, this happened. It was, this happened to me and I get to inspire others. Like I get to use my story to give back. And I was just completely drawn to that. That started it. And then once I heard you were a life coach, I had gone to the place that like, I really wanted to go deeper and in, in my own personal journey. And I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I want to hire her. I don't know how, like, I don't know how we can make it happen, but I, I know I want to hire her. And then I reached out to you and that's where this started. And, and then here we are almost a year later. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to abuse from this whole episode, <laughs> but you know, so many layers of stories in this. So one is like, Don, you were making a decision to kind of learn and to connect and to just see like what resonated. And I remember our first phone call. I remember exactly where I was. I remember, you know, talking with you and being like, wow, this one's got a fire. Like mm-hmm. you were like, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to grow. I don't want to live like this anymore. And you were like, I don't know how I can make this work or if I can make this work, right? And so gave you some time to kind of think about it and we revisited it. But, you know, I think on the even deeper level beyond that, I just want to remind everybody, I almost didn't start a podcast, right? And I think that's important Mm -hmm. to note, like everyone sees this side of me where, you know, I share so openly and it was really hard. I was afraid. I was afraid of going to those depths of my loss. I was afraid of saying difficult truths. I was afraid of offending people at Children's Hospital by saying like her case was a fucking catastrophe. Yeah. Right. I was afraid of how it would impact my family because to be honest, even my mom, you know, I love her, but she says like, Melissa, I don't read a lot of your stuff. I can't like, it's really hard for her. Like it's inspiring to people who didn't know Layden, of course. 
people who loved and held laden, it's painful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so I almost didn't do the podcast because of all these things. And I was afraid of what other people would think. And I was afraid no one would listen or, or what am I even going to talk about? And so if you are listening and you feel this calling to start something, but you have all these doubts, like, please just do it or reach out because, you know, from me doing that, then Don, we connected, then we began working together. And now like, you know, we'll talk more about your whole story. But for me, it's just your story reminds me, like, take the leap, do it. And like you inspire me, Don, to keep leaping because that leap that I almost didn't take arguably helped change your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. I think one of the things you said to me, I don't remember what it was in reference to, but you, in one of our calls, I was kind of, I was afraid and I was like, what if I get hurt? Like, what if someone, what if someone abandons me? What if I lose trust again? And you're like, yeah, but what's possible? Like, what, what if they don't like, what if you make connections? Like, and I, I'll never forget, like, switching that language of what's possible. Like, why don't we look at this as what can be possible? And I think I've, I've learned since working with you to live my life in that state of what's possible, like talking to someone, reaching out to someone. Yeah. What's possible. What's possible in this conversation. It may not be a new client for me, but I may inspire someone in in a way that I didn't know was possible. So I uh, 100% agree, like take that leap because you don't know whose life you're going to change. And I think that's what I saw with Layden is it was like, I've experienced other people that have lost children and I've seen it a detriment to their life. Like they just shut down and, and, and no judging. Like I, I can't even fathom it, but I, I saw something in you where it was like, I'm going to use this to inspire others. And I think that's powerful. Like, I think it's powerful when we can use our stories use the things that we've gone through, use the adversities to inspire others to change. Um, I think that's the beauty and what the work we're doing and, and the online space, like that's it, it, it's, you know, a challenge. Cause that was one of the things is I I didn't want to write and put myself out there online. And you were just like, well, what's possible if you do like what could happen. And so I think that's where in this online space, like sharing our stories is so powerful. Like it really is. You know, I'm glad you bring that up because so many people who are critical of social media and comparison and trolls and all this, like, yes, that exists. But if that's what you're seeing, that's what you're choosing to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And there is that look at me culture. There is that competitive culture. There is that shaming culture. That's that's in our world, guys. Right. That's not unique to social media. So no. my if you're choosing, if that's what you see, that's what you're choosing to see. Because what I see in social media are, you know, everyday people sharing their stories, changing lives, people getting voices that didn't have a voice before, mm-hmm. right? Access to connection of people all around the world that we might not normally connect with. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, we wouldn't have connected without social media. No, exactly. Yep. So, I think social media in a way is bringing us closer to source, bringing us closer to our true beings and our true selves. And I'm really glad that you brought that up, Don. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's how I feel. Like I've, I've 100% lived that. Like I now feel that you and Mooch and the other like women on our team, like are now like my closest friends. Like I hang out with you guys all week, even though it's all on Zoom, but I'm all like, on Zoom. <laughs> who would have thought like through this platform that I would now have like some of my deepest connections. So hundred percent. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know, Don, we're talking a lot about, and I also want to say the other added layer, you didn't think it was possible, one, to do what you're doing now, two, to actually figure out how to work with me, but you reached out anyways, Mm -hmm. and you had the conversation and you showed up and there were times you didn't want to show up. There was even a couple times you didn't show up. Right. But it was (laughs) like, you kept on going, right. You kept on going. And this is, you know, and you just, you have done that over and over and you've overcome a lot of adversity and, you know, you have this amazing marriage and partnership and you guys have your own amazing podcast and you have these two fun funky <laughs> like fiery boys right that I just get to see in the background of zoom boxes who are so sweet um but I can't wait to meet them and like and play with them in real life but you know you've been through a lot um you've been through a lot and you know I would love for you to kind of share what it was like for you to go through the you know, I think the sexual abuse that you went through at a young age um, for Mm -hmm. a prolonged period of time to experience what it was like to kind of bury that down based on society's standards and, and just kind of what that was for you, that feeling of how do, will I ever shake this? Because a lot of people listening probably are wondering if they're ever going to shake what it is that they're carrying right now. Mm, Yeah, no, I think it's so, it's so true. I, I, so just the backstory, I was, you know, sexually abused as a child. Um, and then it happened in my adolescence and teenage years. And, and when I became a teenager at that point, like I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't have the tools that I have now. So like now it makes sense. Like I was just broken and hurting. So I reached to drugs and alcohol and I started using heavily in high school. And then when I went to college, it was, I mean, it was full blown. I was just chasing one high to the next, um, in order to survive. And so for me, like I now see that because of the trauma that happened to me as a child, and it was never spoken about, I never spoke about it until I was 21 years old. I held on to that. Like I held on to it. And, and even once I spoke about it when I was 21, like it was still kind of just brushed under the rug, like, okay, yeah, that happened. All right. Let's, put that away. So yeah, yeah. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so and 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 the culture that I was raised in, it was a religious culture. So there there's a piece of it that you you shut up, like you hide, you don't say what's really on your mind. And so so I went through addiction and then the only place I knew to turn was back to religion because that's just what I was raised in. So I went back to religion and it served a, a piece for sure. Like it's, it served and, and helping me grow a little bit more and like taking it to another level. And while I was in, in, in that institution, like I went to AA, like I started doing recovery and started like, it, I feel like it's like a whole, like you just start digging. Like I started digging and started doing the work and started to kind of uncover these layers that were within me. And so you know, then you get married, I got married, had kids and and there were still these things. Like, I just felt like I kept hitting like roadblock after roadblock. And, and so I say all that because, which is why I reached out and wanted to work with you because there were things like I couldn't, I couldn't push through. Like I could, there's only so much we talk about in our, in our writing right now that there's only so much that positive Polly could help me right, push right. through. Um, and so it's like, yeah, I could listen to all the podcasts and read all the books. And I, I had like the intellectual knowledge of how to work through this stuff, but reaching out to you and really like digging deeper within and realizing like, oh, because of this 
original trauma, I created patterns around it. Like it just became a bunch of patterns that kept me stuck. And so once I was able to like notice like, oh, this is just a pattern because of the lack of trust that I experienced as a child. And like, so then because of this lack of trust, I was perpetuating that into my adult life. And so like, it was like working with you and kind of understanding, like I get a choice to break these patterns. Like once I could connect it all, then I could see it pop up in my life. And it was like, oh, hey, that awareness, like growing that awareness of, hey, this is what's going on here. This is where it stemmed from. Okay, cool. Now I get to choose something different. So that's where like, I do believe that anyone that's like going, that has gone through something traumatic um, in their childhood. And now trauma is definitely a word that's thrown around, but I think trauma, grief, like it, it, there's an umbrella. And I think people think that trauma is just like a catastrophic event, but it can be different layers to what your trauma is. But I think so much of it is like being able to recognize it and understanding the patterns that you created because of that. 100%, 100%. And, you know, Don, thank you for your courage and your vulnerability. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're so used to your story, but I guarantee you somebody listening to that was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. You know, you went through years of abuse. I mean, how long a span of time do you, do you think it existed? So there were two instances. It it only happened twice in my life, but it's, there was, I started when I was four. It happened again when I was in middle school and then at from middle, like high school, then it became, it happened more, more often in high school. So it was like the original time that it happened. And then from like middle school on, it continued which even that in of itself was like a hard pill to swallow because at that age, like I had a choice, but, but now knowing what I know, like I didn't understand how to say no, like I didn't get it. And so I didn't have those tools. So yeah, so it, it continued and I just allowed it to happen because it just was where I was at at that time. Well, I certainly wouldn't say you allowed, right. But true. You know. Um, you certainly didn't allow, I mean, it's, it's victimology, right? It's paralysis. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, I just want to offer that, but you know, (laughs) you know, but what you went through was years, you know, years, and there was a major component of grief to that. Mm. And addition to trauma, because you're essentially grieving that middle school, high school experience of safety. You're grieving a teenage years of safety, um, and of Mm -hmm. trust. And, I just, you know, one of my missions is to expand the way that people define grief, you know, and I actually think I'm in a position to do it because if you are looking at quote unquote, a hierarchy of grief, people will put the loss of a child up top. Right. And I, someone who lost their child, I want to expand it, not to be a hierarchy, but to just be this wide cast net of all these different types of grief, because that's what really is going to serve and honor people. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's, um, that's a major aspect of grief, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. And I think that was one of the things that we, that really helped me that you and I worked on was this trust. And like, I remember you had me write a letter to trust and like, what does that look like? And I think like identifying that and, and realizing, oh, like this is where it comes from. But yet once I could write, like I wrote through it and really like had this emotional experience of what was lost because essentially like 
there was a, a grief that I needed to feel and experience because I had lost this trust at an early age and I never saw it in that way. And so I think once I was able to see it as like, oh, I lost, like I need to grieve for this loss. There's something powerful in that, that of like feeling it and, and, and experiencing it and mourning. Like I remember you telling me to mourn for the loss of that trust. And I never, I had never heard it in that way or done anything like that. So I think that was so powerful in order to like move through it. I had to feel it. Like I had to sit with it and I had to really mourn for this loss. And I agree, like grief is wide. It's not a hierarchy. Like it 100% has a wide scope and if I, I want to help in changing that perspective, like for sure. Right. No, absolutely. And you are doing that. You're absolutely doing that. Um, yeah. Now, something I think is important to let, you know, talk about is I didn't know when we first talked, right? We do a consult call and we talk a little bit, you know, I didn't know the history of um, sexual abuse. And then I didn't know the, um, challenges you faced around alcohol, right? And drug abuse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's important that like when we first started working together, that's not something, I mean, to me, to be honest, like that's very common. That's not necessarily relevant when I'm, when I first start working with people, I, I get more an idea of their energy, their vibe, where they want to go. And, um, and then we start digging, right. Mm -hmm. And then we start digging. And so what I experienced with you was, you know, we would kind of, we make progress, but then like, it was like, it felt like, you know, I, I go digging. I always say what I like to do, and which knows this, I like to go deep under the fucking surface level, dig to those places like no one wants to touch, right? And and that's where we find the freedom. Yeah. In my experience, right? That's this this depth. And so we're digging, we're digging, and I felt like we kind of kept hitting like almost like this like crater, right? This like mm -hmm. rock. <laughs> and it was like, what what is this? What is this? And I can't force it out of you. But I think, and I'd love to hear your perspective, I believe us going through that process allowed you to see that, you know, so I've created a four-step method, right? Step one, we build awareness, which you have. Step two, we really, we let go, but to let go, we got to go all the way down. Step three, we put in new power steps, new, you know, new habits, new relationships, and then step four, sustain and maintain. A lot of people want to skip two. They want to go right from how they're feeling to like, what's the power steps? What are the new things I need to do? Mm -hmm. But we can't do the new things until we purge the old things. Like we can't, there's no room. Yeah. And so I think through the process, you kind of realized, shit, I'm going to have to talk about this or I'm not going to get what I want, the results I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think some of it was too, with like, I had never worked with a coach before. And yeah. I think there was a piece of it that I was skeptical. It's like, right. is, is this person really who she says she is? Like, yeah. can, I, can I trust her? Like, can I yeah. share the depths of my soul and yeah. trust that it's not going to be used against me or whatever? Like, there's all these stories that we can make up. So I think for sure, like I, I had my wall up. I had my guard yeah. up. Like, let's just fix all these outside things yeah. and not talk about what, right. what's really going on. And right. I think we see that so much in the work that we do is people... And I'm, I did this, like we come with, oh, I like, for me, it was like, I want to build a business. Like I want to work on all the outside things. Like, I don't want to be jealous of my husband. Like I had all these outside things that I wanted to work on with you. But what, what we realized in this type of work is that no, it's all centered from within. Like yeah. you have to fix the inside before you can even start to touch on the outside. 
Um, so I think there's so much truth in that. And I think for me personally, like it absolutely, and that's the thing too, is like, I had worked with the therapist, like I had, I've gone to therapy and, and, and I did, I did work through it, but I think I needed to take it even deeper. And so like, I had done all this work. And so I thought that like, no, I was, I'm done with this. Like I I've, I've gone through it. Like, I don't want to touch it again. Let's just keep it over there. Like, we don't have to talk about it. Let's just talk about all these outside things. But I think I needed to talk about it and I needed to feel it and go through it because I mean, the growth, like you said, the growth that I've experienced in the past year is fucking amazing. Like I'm so proud of like all that I've accomplished and who I am and what I'm doing. But I see that key piece. Like I had to feel it and and really like really feel it and, and work through it in order to like come out on the other side. Yes. I love that you brought that up because I almost forget that, right? I remember you wanted to work on like your fitness and you wanted to work on your health and you wanted to work on, you know, maybe some sleep patterns. And there was definitely that imposter syndrome with your husband. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he's so great. He does this. He does that. He's amazing. I can never contribute the way he's contributing. And like, you are. (laughs) He's, he is amazing. He is great. He is all these things, right? Those are all true. And so are you. Right. Exactly. But you, that was not accessible for you at one point. (laughs) No, I really didn't. Like, I thought it was this like innate thing that he had. Like it was this, he was just born like this. Mm. So therefore like that's him. And I'm always going to be in the shadows. Like that's kind of how I viewed it. Like I'm always just going to be behind the scenes. And I think some of it was just that culture I was raised in, like women, women do kind of hide behind the scenes. Like you support your husband, you there, I mean, and even in our culture, it's like women stay home, have kids, like yeah. do all the housework and, and, and don't get me wrong. Like it's, I, I, I like it. I wouldn't say I love it, but I enjoy it. Um, and I want to have my own thing, like, and I want to shine and lead and have a company and, and work with amazing human, like all these things. It's an, and like, it's not an either or. And I think that's, that's what I've realized is like, I I can do all of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, kudos to you though, for doing that digging, because I will be honest, you know, I've I've worked with hundreds, honestly, I'm probably approaching like thousand now, but like hundreds of people, either in the group or the one-on-one setting. And, you know, a lot of times what people do is they get slightly uncomfortable. They get a little bit of change and they're like, okay, I'm good. This worked. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's really hard or they're like, I got, I made progress. Like I'm communicating better with my partner. I'm not as annoyed at work. Basically they've learned how to manage their triggers better, Yeah, but they haven't actually like done the deep stuff that's going to allow them to read. Think of it like, you know, anyone listening, think of it like you've got this like clog and Mm -hmm. and if you want to refill that spot with like self-worth, with confidence, with clarity, with excitement, with joy, with love, with worthiness. We've got to unclog. And a lot of times people learn how to manage the symptoms of the clog or they maybe unclog it a little bit, right? It'll yeah. somewhat flush, but you know, <laughs> they they don't fully do it because it's really fucking hard. Yeah. Right. You scream and you want to run away. There's this mm-hmm. portrayal on social media, which you know we love, but there is also this portrayal that doing the work and doing the shadow work, it's like we sit there with crystals and we meditate. Like, that's not when I'm doing the work. That's mm-hmm. what I'm maintaining. That's like, that's not when I'm like deep, um, you know, digging deep. So can you talk a little bit as a time where like you didn't want to show up or you wanted to quit or you wanted to run? Because I will say majority of people do that. 
And that's okay because it's human, but I want that person to hear this and be inspired to get back to it in whatever capacity that is for them. Yeah. I mean, I think now running and wanting to hide looks very different. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think now I have the tools to recognize like, oh, here's this, like I call it a survival pattern, like a way to keep me safe is hiding. And I think for me, that stemmed from my trauma at a young age. Like I learned to just hide and not be seen. And so now when I'm triggered in that way or things get hard, I, I see the desire to hide and like, Oh, there it is. Like, and, and maybe I will for a little bit, like maybe I go cry in the shower and like take some time to feel and, and hide for a little bit, but I don't stay there. I think that's the key is like, not to stay there, like allow yourself to feel it. Like shit is hard. Like this past year has been the fucking hardest year ever in terms of like society, like every, like COVID, like my kids being home. I mean, if I didn't have the tools that I have, like I would have 100% thrown in the towel and said like, fuck this. Like I'm over it. This is too hard. But I think having those tools of knowing like, okay, I can feel this and, and I can choose differently. Now, rewind back two, three yeah. years ago, like, no, there were times that I did just give up. Like yeah. I did reach and, and drink again. Like I, I did reach for things to numb out because it just, the pain can feel too much to bear. And I think, I think it's the same, the same concept. Like just don't stay there. Like I think we're all going to, even in like two or three years ago, five years ago, like, yeah, I, I, I would fall and I'd stay there for maybe a couple months, I'd, but I would come out. And, and for me, like, luckily, like my husband is in this space as well. So like, we really are a team and like, we support each other, but I do think that people need support and you need someone like you got to have someone in your corner because these times do come like these, these moments do come when you don't want to get out of bed. And if you can have someone that's cheering you on, that's, that's there to call, like you can call that you can say, Hey, I'm having a really hard day. Like, can you just hold space for me? Can you just listen to me? Cause I mean, there are times that it's hard. Like, well, I want to go more in that middle space. So you talked about like a few years ago when like, you know, you were before we started working together and then you talked about after, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about those times when we were working together, when you actually didn't want to show up, when I wasn't your favorite person, because <laughs> then that's okay. But yeah. like, my job, right? I've made the decision to not be someone's favorite person to do what's going to best serve them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what I want to talk about because I see a lot of people start the work and they do that, but then it becomes hard. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, okay, I think I got enough out of here. Like I said, like I can manage these triggers. I can flush it a little bit better, not all the way. Right. But, you know, um, I think I'm good. And they say, you know, I'm too busy. I got this or that. And I can't do it now. And that's where I see so many people where I'm like, ah, you're right there. Right. (laughs) You're right there. And there were times where I, I remember like you didn't want to show up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things you can repeat the quote, but you say, be your biggest observer and your least critic, critic, yeah, your loud, your best observer yes. and quietest critic. Yes. I think that that is so powerful in those times, like in those times, just observe. Like, I think that's what I did is like, no, I wouldn't want to show up on a call or 
I didn't want to have that tough conversation, but I just learned to observe myself. Even now, like I'm working with another coach now. And last week I had like a really tough conversation with her and I hung up the phone and was just crying and, and took a shower and cried. And, but I think what it, it, it's, you know, having a coach is like holding a mirror up to yourself. Like that's, that's our, our job is to hold that mirror up. And I think when you can observe yourself and see, okay, what's going on here? Like, that's how the change, like, that's what keeps me going is like, what you were saying to me was, was true. Like I needed that push. And I think, and not criticizing myself or judging myself or like shaming. That's, that's a lot of what I like had to work through was feeling that judgment and shame and guilt. Like, it's like when you can remove that and just observe, like just kind of zoom up above yourself and like watch what's going on. Like then it, it took the, like, or took the blunt of it off, like took the pain out of it where it's just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. What she's saying, like, there's some truth there. There's a reason why I don't want to show up because it's fucking hard. Like, and I think when I could see that and, and observe that it's like, Oh, and, and, and take encouragement that like, when, when you're banging up against the wall, like that's where the magic happens. That's where the growth gets to come. And it's so powerful if you can keep going, like if you can just push through that uncomfortable moment and just observe yourself, like don't, don't shame yourself. Don't hate on yourself. Like just observe, just observe and notice. And then you can kind of like ease into the work. Um, Yeah. So that's something we did a lot around, you know, the alcohol and drug abuse. And I want to talk about that because I've worked with a lot of women who have wondered if they were an alcoholic and I think, you know, this is probably a whole other podcast, Don. I'll have to have you back on. <laughs> but, you know, understanding your relationship with anything that is treating an emotional issue versus an addiction issue. Now, mm-hmm. they can be very intertwined and addiction is a real thing. But I think a lot of times people are very quick to judge or shame or label and guilt. And what I try to do is like alleviate all of that because, you know, it's in, in my grief too. Like, you know how much shame and guilt I felt from like mm-hmm. creating a child who was sick and wondering what I could have done differently in her case being termed a catastrophe. Like the only way we can grow guys, the only way we can grow is lifting this heaviness of shame, of guilt, of regret, of blame and learning. It's not like we're just like poly positive, right. And saying like, Oh, it's great. That's fine. No, we're learning. We're observing. We're growing. We're choosing differently. We're looking and saying, Oh, look at that was a way of coping and escaping with trauma that you had. Mm-hmm. Right. So exactly. we're going to learn new ways. We have to dig, right? Step two, we got to dig and we're going to, and you had been doing this work before, but whatever, for anyone listening, like, you know, now we're going to learn new ways to relate, to cope, to manage. And this isn't just alcohol, right? Um, this honestly could be something that appears healthy, such as over-exercising. Mm-hmm. This could be something like shopping that appears like a fun hobby, yeah. right? These are all different ways where we tend to our emotional needs in a way that actually drains us energetically. And then we're like, why am I so drained? Well, one, because we're depleted. We've got this major fucking clog, right? So we're not filling up the way we need to. And then we feel that emptiness. And instead of dealing with what we need to deal, we're shopping, we're traveling, we're over busying, we're eating, we're drinking, we're, you know, addicted to pornography, whatever it is. These are all these Mm -hmm. ways that people cope. And then they just treat those things. 
instead of going in. And I just think that's really important to point out. And thank you yeah. for you know bringing that up. Yep. 100%. And that's, you know, the work that I do now, like I help women through, we label it as addiction, but I really think it's uncovering like what, what are we using to cope? Like, and, and I think society has labeled as addiction. And again, I think some instances people truly are addicted, but I think we're more addicted to not coping and not dealing. Yeah. That's yes. where I really, I help women to identify that. It's funny. I do what you do now. Like I yeah. help women to dig deep and to figure yeah. out like what's really going on because what they're focused on is the outside stuff. Yeah. I'm shopping all the time or I'm exercising all the time. Like I'm yeah. doing all these things to fill me up. And it's like, no, you have to fill yourself up from within, not yeah. from outside. And honestly, we might have to do a part two, but I do want to kind of get to the where we're at now. Um, I think we can go deeper in a lot of these things and anyone listening, let us know what you want to hear more about because I think we could definitely jam on this stuff a lot. Yeah. But, you know, me, and I'm glad that you said like, this is the work that you do because for me in my one-on-one coaching, I only work with a couple of people now. Um, That's a decision I've made because I don't want to totally let go because I actually love it. It's this beautiful space and energy where I I love that depth. You know that, Don. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. <laughs> right. But being able to have someone that I've seen grow, that I've seen do the work, that I talk to every single day, and you just completed coaching certification that I've created, right? This program. Mm-hmm. Now it's like kind of cool. Like now I have someone I can refer people to, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, if I'm not, you know, if I don't have any openings or I'm not the right alignment or the right fit and, and vice versa, right? And yeah. and to think that we got to this place from where you started. And I do think it's a funny story that, you know, you kind of fired me and then I kind of hired you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's so true. I did fire you. And then it was like a week later, you're like, actually, would you like to come intern with us? <laughs> um, I want to talk about that for just a second. So, you know, Dom was in a place where you had done so much growing. Um, so much growing and, you know, you and your family were looking at, you know, priorities where you were putting time, where you were putting finances, all these things that families look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, you know what, Melissa, like this just can't be it right now. Um, we've done yeah. so much work and I just saw so much more in you. And I saw that fire, that same fire that I heard on that very first phone call. I'm like, this, this woman has so much more to do. And I want, I want to be around her fire. And this is where I think you know, it's even with Mooch, like when Mooch and I met, it was like, oh no, something, there's some energy synchronicity there. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to Mooch and Mooch didn't know you yet. And I was like, Mooch, like, you know, someone I've worked with, we're looking for, you know, to bring somebody on. And so we basically created an agreement on where like, you know, you would have access to the program and you were going to begin working for us, but I wanted to continue to kind of mentor and support you. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was going to be a way that worked. And so what was that like for you? Like, I don't even know if I have words. Like, I just feel like it was, it was, it was divine. Like it was this divine energy, this divine timing that I, I can't even, I can't even put words on. Like for me, I was like, there was a sense of like pride because for coaching, like with working with you one-on-one, I truly showed up authentically. I didn't hold back. I wasn't trying to please you or be something that I wasn't. And I think for me, for the first time in my life, I fully showed up authentically me. And because of that, you were connected to me and you wanted me on your team. Like you wanted to keep supporting me. And so I think for me, there was a sense of like pride in it of like, wow, like when I just show up as me and I don't try to do all the things or try to like 
please people or, or say the right thing or do the right thing, like then like, I'm actually like, I love who I, like, I love who I am. Like, okay. Like it, it kind of, it just fueled this fire in me of like, just keep showing up, like just keep being you. And that's what attracts people. And I think for me too, it was like the first time that like I achieved something without the help of my husband. Like I always would hide behind him or, or ride on his coattails. And this was like the first time in my life. Well, not my life, but in our relationship that I, like, it was kind of like my little prize thing. Like I did this, like I did this. It was all me. And so, and then as we've continued, like now I'm on staff and now like I'm your right-hand person. Like I've done all of this. Like it's all me. And, and even I think, was it last week? I think it was last week where at the end of our coaching certification, like you and I got on one-on-one and just the things that you said, I was like, yeah, like I did this. Like I, so there's this, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But then it's also like, I have this huge sense of, of pride and like, I'm so proud of myself. And I think to encourage others, like just show up as yourself, like don't hide who you are because you're going to attract your people. Like you're going to attract the people you want to surround yourself with. If you can just show up authentically and, and vulnerably and be real and, you're going to attract whoever is attracted to you. And so, yeah. yeah. And you're going to find that synchronicity where you can grow. And, you know, Dawn started as, you know, an unpaid intern. It was an exchange, right? For support mm-hmm. and mentoring and access to the program. But you built your business through that. And now you're an assistant coach for us. In fact, you're going to go shortly because you got an onboarding call for a new member of 90 <laughs> Days CEO. Um, you're yeah. going to be onboarding them. Um, you also oversee our operations, which means you have access to everything. <laughs> um, you know, like if, if Mooch and I disappeared, Don, you're running the show. <laughs> um, you know, and, you know, you do our messaging, which that's like my baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I will get on another call in like an hour or so right? Where we'll go through and we'll talk about our messaging. And so again, like you have done all that, you know, and when you first started, you were scared, you were afraid, you were doubtful. You didn't think you could ever measure up to your husband. And that's not a competition at all. You guys face for both of you to kick ass and you're both kicking ass, but you've stepped into your power. But I just want to point out you, it's not been some fairy tale. You had trauma, you had to work through it, you know, and you kept on showing Exactly. And that's where if we can encourage others, like just keep showing up, like, and you don't know what's possible. You really don't. But if you keep showing up and keep doing the work, like I promise something amazing will come. Like it does. I truly believe in that, that divine energy and and that possibility, the woo woo stuff. Like I love all of that. Like I'm all about it. And so I think this experience has just solidified that like that divine energy is always working. And, you know, even my husband being in that group two years ago and yes. like connecting with you guys, like it, it has been that energy, divine energy has been working all this time. And so yeah. for those out there, like keep going, keep showing up, keep yeah. being authentically you because you yeah. don't know what's possible. I love that. I have one last question. Maybe two, but I think just one. I know we got to be quick, but how was it? So Dawn, you just completed the 12 week coaching certification. So we are super excited. We can now finally announce that we're doing an online teaching and coaching certification program that combines mm-hmm. NLP, combines life coaching and education practices, right? Because my background is in language-based learning and social emotional learning. So I've created 
this entire training for people because I see a lot of really good coaches, a lot of people with good niches, but maybe they don't have those skills. And what's interesting is a lot of people think I show up on one-on-one coaching calls and I'm just chatting, like we're having a cup of coffee. Like I'm working, my mind is going, I've got strategies. How was it to be on the flip side and to have me kind of teaching you (laughs) how I showed up for you? Like, what was that like? I mean, it was kind of cool. Like I shared a couple of times in the training, like, oh, you did that to me. <laughs> um, so in, in some ways it was cool to like kind of see a higher level view of like, oh, this is what's going on. Like this is the why behind it. Like I know for us, like there were, you kind of had shifted and you wouldn't come on the call with like an agenda or anything and you would leave it up to me and I would get I'd be annoyed I'd be like what the fuck Mel like I'm paying you and you don't have any like you're not setting up the call for us like what's going on but I now I know it was because you were trying to teach me to have that voice to empower me to decide what we were going to talk about because it was a skill that I needed to learn and so that was one of the things that we learned in the coaching certification was yes. that exact concept. So I was like, Oh, ha, yes. that makes sense. Um, so I will say like being on, on the other side of like learning all these things, it was, it's like all these tools and resources that I had experienced, but now I have like, I have a knowledge behind it. I have a why behind it. And I see like the bigger picture of, of why it works, like why it, and, and not works, but it helps people transform. Like I, yeah. I'm an example. Like it helped me yes. transform. So um it was it is it was really cool to like go through it and see like ah, like I get yes. it now. Um so, and yeah. anyone who I worked with who's listening who's like, wait a minute, Melissa, you didn't <laughs> let me bring an agenda. That was also by design because your agenda <laughs> was probably the things we didn't need to talk about that you wanted to try and maintain control of the conversation. So exactly. Um, yep. and that's where and we'll talk about this. But that's where one of the characters we've created, same Z Sam, is someone who thinks you have to treat everybody the exact same. And that's one of the things we really broke down in certification. It's not, you know, equal and fair doesn't always look like the same. And that's something really important when you're doing this work. So, John, yeah. thank you so much for coming on. In three to five words, for the person who's listening, who's afraid to take the leap in, in doing the work, what would you say to them? I would just do it. Like, I don't want to say like, it's a I know, cliche, right? but I mean, just reach out. Like if, if, if it's something, if something we said, like inspired something within you, like, you know, where to find us. Like we're both on Instagram, like anyone that's closely connected to me, like you have my number, like reach out, like just, just send a message saying that really resonated with me. So you got to say, just open the door for conversation. Like I think so many times, like we're afraid to say like, yeah, me too. Or yes, I feel that. But when you do, it opens the door for a possibility. And so stay, hang in there. Like, no, it just takes one, one message, one reach out. And you and I, like we're, we're on a mission to support people in this. So yeah, we are. Let's fucking go. Yeah, exactly. All right, Don. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right, guys, I don't know about you, but I am full out goosebumps from hearing Dawn's story, her transformation. And I hope if I haven't convinced you that it's possible yet, that Dawn just convinced you that it's possible because to see her transformation from no tricks, frills, just doing the work day after day, right? And sometimes two steps forward, a step back. She has completely emerged and stepped into her power. She will tell you that she is more confident, not only in herself, but in her marriage. 
as a mother and in her professional work. So keep on doing it, you guys. If you want to hear more, anything else, let me know um, about Time with Dom. You can get her back on here. We can talk um, more about any of these things. You know, she's willing to go deep. And if you are listening and you are somebody who's thinking, I'm like Dawn was a couple of years ago. I'm nervous. I want to make the leap. Like she said, reach out. Reach out to me, shoot me a DM. Even if I am not in a position to support you one-on-one, I will work with you to help pair you with the place that you can find your support and growth. My point is that there's never a finish line to growth. I am so grateful that you guys are here to continue to show up, to allow my daughter Layden's light to shine and for you guys to shine your absolute brightest. I am cheering you on and we will talk soon. Thank you all so much for being here at Grief and Guts as Layden's mom, being able to spread the stories, the strategies, the lessons that I have learned through Layden and from Layden is the thing that means the most to me in this world and allowing my daughter's short life to have long and lasting impact by shining her light. Truly nothing means more. If you align with and believe in the work that we're doing here in these messages, the best way to give back and to spread this out into the world is to rate and review on Spotify and on iTunes. Thank you for taking just a moment to do that. Feel free to shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to hear more of, what you want to see more of, I am here to serve, I'm grateful to do so, and I'm cheering you on in your journeys always.